Hello, hello, everybody. Hi. Welcome back to Passions Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the soap opera passions. I'm your regular host, Latara, back with my, I want to say my favorite guest host, which I don't think anybody would be too offended by because <laughs> she's my favorite person. I know I hesitated when I said that, but it feels weird to, it's feel, it feels weird to call you my favorite person when there's other nieces and nephews who are also my favorites. So, but you're one of your favorite people, you're number one, just because you're the oldest. Okay. I'll take that. But <laughs> anyway, who is that person? It's Lanaya. Hi everybody. Happy hey. to be back. Hey, 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 hey. All right. So yes, everybody, welcome back to Passions Podcast. Sorry about last week. We missed you last week, but, um, I was tired and in a little bit of a crisis, so I decided to take a little short break. So, but we're back. We're back. We're back. All right. So, this week we're talking about episodes 451 through, no, Lord Jesus, I wrote that wrong. 441 through 445. I wrote yeah. 451 through 445, which doesn't make any sense. At first I thought I wrote something wrong. Uh, yeah, but at least you, I know you didn't panic that you watched the wrong things because we watched them all together, so... I knew that we had at least watched the same thing. Even if yeah. we watched the wrong thing, we watched the wrong thing together. I mean, there was at one point where I replayed the exact same episode. You were like, didn't we just watch this? And I didn't even notice. <laughs> Let it play. And I was like, no. <laughs> I didn't even notice. Okay, so before we get into the show proper, I'm going to say all of my shout outs to all of my beautiful, wonderful, amazing people over on Patreon. Thank you to Munashe, Marcus, Breland, Lisa, Sid, Randall, Hannah, Camelia, Monique, Samantha, Jeanette, Eric, Fantasia, Sean, S, Larissa, Maria, Greg Lopez Fitzgerald, Lisa, and Jessica Jean. Thank you all so much for being patrons. And remember, if you would like to become a patron, you can just go on over to patreon.com slash passions podcast and sign up for whatever tier you find most agreeable. The link is in the description of this episode. It's it'll be a, you click the link, it's a link tree, so you can go to get to anything you want passions podcast. Um right there. Uh yeah, so patrons everybody we are having three things this month two watch parties and a halloween party okay Ooh. i'm gonna be posting the information about that soon um so just be on the lookout but all of it will be virtual obviously because we're all over the place but i hope to see people there if you want to join us join up on the patreon we have a lot of fun we really have a lot of fun on the watch parties don't we naya naya hears me like she didn't she's not usually on them but she hears me laughing oh yeah but, like she's laughing up a storm in there so it must be really good yeah so we usually have a join. we usually have a really good time so um definitely come and join us and check it out check check it out all right <laughs> moving on with the show so, um this week was Hard to watch in some places. Uh, yeah. But so let's just get into it. First of all, let's start with Sheridan and Louise, who are on track to be blown to smithereens, y'all. I mean, so <laughs> Louise and Sheridan wake up extra early at this resort where they we know that they are supposed to be going to go deep sea fishing. Basically. Yeah, like a fishing trip. So they wake up early because 
that's when the fishes are up. You got to get fishermen get up early in the morning. Sheridan's yeah, like complaining. She's like, the sun's not even up yet. And honestly, I'm with Sheridan. Like, this is a vacation. Yeah. Like, you're not going to catch anything. Let's just let's go when we can go at our leisure. Like, we're not professionals. Yeah. Let's so relax. We can, we can go at 8. We don't have to go at like 4.45 a.m. Yeah. But anyway, um, they they get up, they head out for their fishing trip. Meanwhile, our assassins, our assassins <laughs> have planted a bomb on. Well, see, last week we saw them plant the bomb on the boat, and this time they planted it again. Like I don't know, it was weird. It did was, they have to reset the timer again? No. Well, they did that later. Okay, so let me walk. Let's walk through it. I'll, write, I'll just say what my notes say. The assassins plant the bomb on the boat in an extremely conspicuous place, which is true. They got on the boat, and which is called the Island Dream, for anybody who doesn't remember. And it's a nice boat. It's like a yacht. It's yeah, very it's cool. nice. And they plant it, like, think of a kitchen counter and then a shelf next to that. They, like, basically put it on the shelf. <laughs> Like it's not low. even like in the wall. Like it's just right there. <laughs> yeah, oh, and it's obvious. And it's blinking. It's got a blinking red light. This bomb looks like how you would expect the bomb to look. There's dynamite strapped to it. Remember yeah. that for later. There's dynamite strapped to this. Like it's a bomb. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks like a movie bomb, a cartoon bomb, anything that you've ever seen in media, any bomb you've ever seen in media, it looks like an amalgamation of those yeah. things. Very garden variety bomb. <laughs> a garden variety bomb. Um, and so they plant this bomb and I guess it's set on a timer. I was very confused. The logistics, the logistics. of this bomb don't make any sense. <laughs> This is the worst bomb ever conceived. I was very confused by the logistics of this bomb because they plant it and it says activated. Like the, the little screen on it says activated and the red light is flashing. Okay, fine. Then they get off the boat and they just like start to spy on the boat to see that Sheridan and Luis get on the boat and go and do whatever. So Sheridan and Luis do make it to the boat. They get on and then Luis is like, oh my goodness, I forgot. I left something back at the hotel. I need to go get our sunscreen or um <laughs> or basically he what he says is cuz he says I left the sunscreen at the hotel and she's like, "Oh, it's cool. We don't need it." And he's like, "Well, making there's nothing worse than making love with a sunburn." <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess he has a point. Yo, <laughs> that, I I would I don't know. I don't know what it would be like cuz I've never experienced it, but I have had a sunburn and it is very uncomfortable and I can imagine what it what it is what is entailed in the lovemaking act would not be very pleasant if you have a sunburn <laughs> i'll say they that they would definitely crisp up in that bermuda sun so. oh my gosh and oh my goodness i will say i loved seeing all of the like legit outdoor shots it was in so these episodes. nice yeah they were really on the water now they definitely weren't in bermuda but they were really on the water they were really on this boat they you know they were jumping in and out it was really nice yeah. it was really cool it was, it was nice a, seeing them not on a set for once you know yeah it, it was a step up for for their production value to yeah. be honest so um they're on the boat but uh luis needs to get off to go get the sunscreen um he 
Sheridan says to him, please just go and come right back. Like, I know you're still thinking about what happened with Julian last night and that girl. But um, if you see him, just ignore him. And he's like, yeah, if I see him, I'm going to ignore him. But, you know, if, if I notice anything going on, I'm going to have to step in because he's been worried about Julian taking advantage of some young girl. That it, And it makes him real angry because he thinks about Teresa. It makes him think about Teresa, which we all know it is Teresa in there with Julian. So... Yeah, okay. And it's so weird that he says he's concerned about a girl be- when you think about some of the later things he says about this alleged girl. Like, it's kind of funny. <laughs> what did he say? Like, what? You remember, I want you to say. You remember when he, like, was confronting Julian and then he was like, did you have, like, some young slut in here? Or something like that. You're- no. Oh, wait. Luis didn't say that. Oh, wait, that Ethan was Ethan. Said that. that was Ethan. Yeah. Never mind. I'm Ethan getting people mixed that. up. <laughs> Ethan said that, and it was, it was so out. It was still out of pocket, though. It was so ugh, some young sl- what, and he was like laughing about it. What you got some young yeah. slut in here? But anyway, let's we'll get so we'll funny. get to that. <laughs> we will be getting to that. So, um, the assassins see Luis get off the boat, and they are like, "Oh, this is a major setback." Also, I don't know these assassins' names. I know that one is named. I think the lady's name is Joan or June. The man, I got his name last time, but I don't remember his name. So I'm just going to call him Boris um, because they remind me. You remember, you probably don't remember. That. You might remember this because you're an animation enthusiast. But you remember Rocky and Bullwinkle? I do remember Rocky and Bullwinkle, yeah. And they had Natasha and Boris who were like their, their um, they were like spies, but they were like their um, nemesis, nemeses. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, yeah. And they used to call what? them Moose and Squirrel. <laughs> Moose and Squirrel. I can't do a good, like, Russian accent, but they, yeah, they I'm, were like. That's, pretty, that's better than what I could do. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, now try it. Give me your best Russian accent. I don't even want to try. Squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> say it moose and squirrel <laughs> the apple doesn't fall far from the tree i can't do accents either i can't pretty, do them you're pretty good at like a british accent no i'm not kid no i'm not darling it's it good. It? <laughs> good no it it <laughs> i don't know i'm uh, you know what i am i i do think my British accent is good after I've been watching a lot of British TV because I will walk around the apartment and start just like speaking in that in an accent like I don't know right after we finished um pole dark I feel like it was really good oh you couldn't stop me from saying George Warlegan <laughs> actually he says it like this George Warlegan yeah that's which is why it's so yeah. much easier because it actually kind of just sounds like a it sounds like Yosemite Sam <laughs> does actually george war that's funny it's so british it like wraps back around to being like american again right well you know also that show's set in wales so it's a little bit different that's true i don't i don't i guess they count as british i don't Oh fucking no. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. If, oh, if y'all haven't watched paul dark you should watch paul dark it's on it Amazon is such Prime. a good show it's so good if you like like costume dramas Top notch, top 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 notch. If you like, and like, if you Downton love beautiful Abbey. sets, beautiful mm-hmm. landscapes, it's yeah. so good. Like yeah. it's so beautiful. Um, high high good. quality production. All right, moving on. Sorry, back to passions. 
Um, this boat. The assassins see Luis get off the boat, and this is a problem for them because apparently the the bomb is on a timer. Instead, be instead of being just like remotely detonated, because you never know when somebody's gonna be casting off to sea. Like they might have a set time, but people have different schedules, and exactly. why would you? Or there could be like a storm or something and then like, oh, we can't go out to sea anymore. Like there's a million different variables. Why would it be on a timer? And yeah, the logistics of this bomb just don't make any sense. So they see that he's leaving and Boris, I I don't, that's not his name. I'm going to learn his name. Give me my, let me get my notes. Give me a second. (laughs) Basil. His name is Basil. Same, same first letter. Basil and Joan. Basil and Joan. Yes. Basil says he has to get back onto the boat to reset the bomb i don't know because while while they were talking it went from the bo- the bomb went from active activated to final phase or something i don't remember it yeah was- it was like yeah it was like something final final form <laughs> <laughs> freezes final form no um it i i don't know anyway he sends Joan, who's having like a change of heart, which you pointed out smartly that I don't know why they're making such a big deal about her having a change of heart if she's not going to yeah. do anything. Are they going to utilize this? Is this relevant to the plot? Is this just some random thing they're doing? It's also, obvious that they this don't. this Joan character did such a bad job at like distracting Sheridan, like... She was like, she just walked up to her, started talking about talking to her about like all this random stuff. And then as soon as uh, Basil got off the boat, she was like, okay, bye. And then she just walked off. Like, that's so suspicious. Yeah, the lady, Joan, so the, the plan they cooked up is that Joan would distract Sheridan while Basil gets on the boat to re- reset the bomb. So yeah, he go, she goes over and she's like, oh, this is such a nice boat. <clears throat> Sorry. Oh, this is such a nice boat. My husband and I have been thinking about buying one, one just like this. And Sheridan's like, well, would you like a tour? And the lady's like, yeah, sure. And then Sheridan like goes on a tangent about how amazing Luis is. Whatever. That's all she can and, talk about, I guess. And then Joan, Joan sees Basil get off the boat and she's like, okay. Yeah, she's like, okay, bye. And, and then Sheridan's like, like, what about the you? tour? And then she's just like, oh, I'm good. Yeah, she tells basically she tells Sheridan like, well, you've talked so much about your amazing husband. I'm already so jealous. Like, I don't need any more jealousy from seeing your beautiful boat, basically. So um, she leaves and she feels even worse having after having talked to Sheridan because Sheridan's a nice girl. Sheridan's a nice lady and she feels very guilty about murdering her. Okay, girl. Mm -hmm. Um, You could have warned her if you felt that bad, but um but she didn't feel that bad i guess just a little Um, bad yeah just a little bad uh louise then comes back to the boat after having gone to the hotel and having like a little bit of something with um julian and Teresa, which we'll talk about when we talk about them um but he goes back to the boat and the two head out to sea they head out to sea and the basil and that lady laura no <laughs> lana joan. what's her name joan oh my god basil and joan like watch through binoculars that's why i was putting my hands i up was wondering face. what that was. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
okay. Basil, <laughs> Basil and Joan like look through, but but they weren't binoculars. They were opera glasses. I have almost the exact same pair. They couldn't even do that right. I. Where are my opera glasses? Do you know where my opera? I know where my opera glasses. Are. I'm gonna go get them. I'll be right back. <laughs> okay. I went to see Beyonce and I bought these opera glasses like the day I bought my tickets, I bought these opera glasses. And like, they were literally using these, like these little things as, like they're assassins. You would think that they had. Well, you know what? Judging from what their bomb looks like and how it operates, I'm not too, like, I'm not too surprised, honestly. Yeah. That so they're using just, opera like, glasses. <laughs> viewing like this. And, and what's his name? Basil's like, foaming at the mouth ready to watch them blow up yeah like he wants to kill them so bad like i understand being in well i don't understand being an assassin but like okay you're evil like you're trying to get a check but like this guy's way too into it yeah he and the thing is they already got paid that's another thing they already julian, paid? yes julian has already paid them and that's why okay this is where the confusion comes in they make the bomb put the bomb on the boat go see julian this was a few weeks ago. Went to see Julian, told him that they had done everything and need to be paid. He gave them some money. They left. So why this week did they plant the bomb on the boat again? I didn't get that. That is so weird. Yeah, it's almost like they just decided to cut out the whole part where he they had already talked to Julian and told him that they had planted the bomb and everything. But anyway, um, they are watching from like the shore, from a little house in the shore. Uh, but Louise and oh, and the Basil says once they get out oh, past the reef, then the boat will blow up. Louise stops the boat at the reef so that they can snorkel, um, which was cute and sweet. So they was nice do some snorkeling or whatever. And the guy's like, "This, the, the, oh no, they're stopping. Why'd they stop? Blah 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 blah. Whatever. They were far enough out that they could." blow up anyway but um yeah the the plan didn't go quite off the way that they wanted it to go off i think they wanted it to be so far out that it would take a long time for anybody to notice but they were still close enough to the shore that they could see them through their binoculars so it of course if they're that close and the boat explodes there's going to be a rescue crew out there almost immediately i would yeah. i would assume i would hope i would hope and then so we, we talked about this earlier like this like death method like is so terrible because Heinous. like yeah if they blow up and they die that's like pretty bad but if they happen to survive and they were all the way up past the reef like past where people could even get to them then they're just gonna die to the elements and probably be like critically injured like that's awful dying in the open ocean is probably my worst fear i don't I, blame you the, the i am the expanse of the ocean. I love the beach. I love the water and everything like that. But the idea, like at one point in these episodes, Luis just jumps off the boat, like to go swimming, right? Yeah. He just jumps off the boat. And immediately I was like, jumping off the uh, boat into open ocean water with no life vest is wild to me. Like wild. And people do it. Lots of people do it. I just could never. And I'm a pretty strong swimmer. No, there's no way I'm jumping into the open ocean without a life vest or a, a life saver or a, a floaty of anything. Shit. Something that floats, a log, something. <laughs> a log. <laughs> something I can hang on to just in case some shit pops off. Um, but yeah, 
yeah, they're just going to be out and open. Like if you survive, then you're just out in open water, injured, dying slowly. Mm. Yeah, this is a horrible way to kill somebody. Horrible. Um, So anyway, while they snorkel, they swim, they do everything. They get back on the boat. And um, Sheridan gets, like, this bad feeling. She just, like, sits up, and she's like, I just got a really bad feeling. Like, horrible. I don't know why, but I just, it feels like death. And Louise tells her, Louise says, oh, you're probably just tired. We've been out here in the sun. They always tell these women they're tired when they're like, something bad's going to happen. always discounting the feelings of these women. Every single time. He says, we've been out here in the sun. We've been swimming. Like, you're probably, and it's been a a long couple of days. You're probably just tired. Nothing bad is going to happen. Then later, he goes, like, they're trying to pull up the anchor so that they can go further out and start fishing. Um, But the anchor gets stuck. So Luis jumps into the water to get the, to try to unstick unstuck unstick it i guess we call that unclog it no that's not right (laughs) unclog the anchor (laughs) no to release it i guess yeah that makes sense and sheridan goes to make some coffee well she goes downstairs and she's looking for some sugar to put in their coffee and of course she's checking the, the counters and she looks on that little shelf and oh my goodness what she says what is this that's an odd piece of equipment no, I'm like, Sheridan girl, it's blinking and it says detonate. Like, and it has y'all's names etched into it. Not only that, it's literally four sticks of dynamite. With some wires. Like, it's what? clearly a bomb. I don't I don't know how they didn't notice it. Uh, the blinking was incessant. Like, yeah, the blinking was crazy. <laughs> the blinking was wild. Like, it was <laughs> so obviously something there. Anyway, she sees it. Wonders what it is for a moment, steps back and says, I think this is a bomb, and then starts screaming for Louise. Look, staring at the bomb, screaming, Louise, Louise, Louise. Get away from the bomb, Sheridan. She's standing there. Get away from the bomb. What are you doing? And so she's screaming. Louise hears her because he's gotten it unstuck, I guess, and he gets back on the boat, and he's running down the stairs or up the stairs. I don't know which way the cabin was to get to her because he hears her screaming and then kablooey it just blows up kablooey and kablam <laughs> i'm fr- you said it's because probably because it was on like 1.5 times speed but i'm not gonna lie when it blew up like it was so like it was a little funny i'm not saying that i want them to blow up but i'm just saying that the special effects were funny it also happened so abruptly. It, it, because there were like three seconds left in the episode. So they were like, oh, we got to hurry up and put this explosion in here. So it was just like. It happened so abruptly that it was it was almost shocking because Passions tends to drag things out. And they really haven't dra- dragged this out that much. Um, and I just expected them to get to the bomb and for Luis to do some like trying to deactivating, trying to do something, throw it off the boat or something. But no, it it kablooied, it kablammed, it kabobulated, it, it did all the things. It it yeah. And Sheridan was staring standing at the epicenter. So I don't know how they survived this. I I'm looking forward to finding out how they survived because I mean I know they survived. 
Yeah. You know, I know. mainstays. I've seen, well, and I've seen the show and I know what, they got some more crazy ass shit to come later. Like real crazy stuff. Yeah, you did say the way they end up surviving. You said something like it was really interesting. Well, I remember what the the storyline that comes after this, but I don't know how they survived. I don't remember. I don't know if it was just miraculous. Naya made a good like a, a had a good like um theory where she said, "What if that what you what you call her?" I said, "What if that good for nothing angel comes and like, saves them and yeah. becomes good for something at least?" Yeah, what if that good for nothing angel came and saved them? Like I if they if she does, if that is what happened, I'll give you $5. Okay. That would okay. be hilarious. And that awesome. would be really funny. That's not yeah. gonna happen, but it's that's be funny. not what happened. But yeah, they've been blown uh to smithereens, it looks like, but we know Sheridan doesn't die, Luis doesn't die. I, I that I know for a fact. Yeah, I'm not that trusting that explosion. Yeah. So we're gonna st- we're gonna stay in Bermuda. Bermuda, Jamaica. No. Nah. Bermuda, Bahama, come on, pretty mama. That's not how the word, that's not how that song goes. You know that song? You don't know that song, do you? No. Key Largo, Montego, baby, why don't we go? Kokomo by the Beach Boys. I, we'll we'll listen to it. We'll listen to okay. it. Okay. We'll listen to it. And, yeah, and, you need to educate me. It, yeah. Down to Kokomo, we'll get there fast and then we'll take it slow. That's where we want to go. Way down in Bermuda, Kokomo. Stop! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my one chance. You, you, you threw away your shot. Yeah. I am not throwing away my shot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Ter- Oh, let's talk about Teresa. This is like honestly, these episodes were so. I was a little mad at you because I was like, "Why you made me watch these episodes?" But at the same time, you had to watch them too. We were both suffering. How do you solve a problem like Teresa? How do you solve a problem like Teresa? How do you solve? I'm gonna give Teresa a pass on a lot of this though, because like, well, th- yes, this part of it she gets a pass on definitely. Part of it is dead all 100 julian yeah but like how did why are how did we even get here teresa That's how true. did we even get here Teresa? the fact how, that she even went to bermuda in the first place is, is just ridiculous it's just such a stupid stupid thing to do such a dumb plot and point. then it ends up being all for nothing basically mm. like well, i don't know I'm gonna just let you explain. I'm not gonna say it's for nothing. I am. I'm gonna say that it was for the narrative. It was for the show. It was for <clears throat> our next storyline. It was for definitely Teresa's next storyline. Definitely wasn't for the character's benefit at all. <laughs> so um, let's talk about it, Teresa. Now we, when we last left Teresa, she was Julian was getting her drunk on champagne. Remember, they're in his room, um, and she at this by this point. She is wasted. This girl is drunk. Can't even form coherent sentences. Shit-faced. What's some other colloquialisms for drunk? Hammered. Hammered. Beyond hammer, man. This girl's sloppy, fall down, pass out, blackout, legit drunk. Legit blackout drunk. So... She mistake. We we see her kind of mistaking 
Julian for Ethan. <laughs> this was kind of funny. Oh, yeah. She's looking up at him on the bed. She's laying on the bed. Julian is kind of like rubbing up on her leg. She's kind of totally out of it. And she kind of opens her eyes and she smiles. And through her haze, she sees Ethan's face. And then the haze lifts just a little, just enough for her to realize that it's Julian. And the, the turn on her face, she was utterly disgusted. She was just like, mm -hmm. she was mm -hmm. sick. Oh my God. I would be too. I would be too. So she's so drunk that she's like, I just want to go to sleep. I want, I just, I'm so, I'm too tired. Um, and Julian says to her, but you haven't convinced me to take Ethan back into the family. So she keeps trying to fight her sleep and keeps trying to convince Julian in her drunken sloppy state. Um, but then he tells her, well, you can just, just relax, just relax, and pushes her down, back down on the bed. Mm. And she starts to drift off to sleep, and he's pawing at her body. Like, he's just, like, touching her, it's putting so his hands up on her thigh. It was hard to watch. It was really disgusting. It was... It... <sighs> and and I, think, I think another thing that made it bad, too, is like what you said earlier where the show itself isn't really treating it as like the terrible thing that it is yeah the show's no. not treating it as as nefariously as it should be like it, yeah. it should the tone of it should be a lot darker to me yeah um like it's definitely not playing sinister. it for laughs but it's at the same time it's not taking it as seriously as it should that's exactly right. It's not playing it for laughs exactly, but it, it's not showing it in what it truly is, which is a very sinister thing that's happening here where this 18-year-old girl is has been um, pushed to drink by this 50-year-old man who's... Well, okay. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna just power through. I'm gonna power through just like I did on the episodes because it was like... It was really... It turned my stomach. Like, I was sick. Yeah, I was sick. I was disgusted. It it was really gross. Like I'm no Julian Stan or anything like that, but this is like a new low for him. Like, yeah. It, and the terrible. thing is, the thing is, like, with Julian trying to kill Sheridan, it's shitty. But it's also like there's this uh, odd comedic element to it because he just keeps fucking it up, right? So it just yeah, keeps he's like a bumbling idiot. Yeah, and he and and there's like the Alistair aspect of it. With this, it just is Julia, Julius, Julius. It's just Julian <laughs> at his worst. Yeah, because like at least with the Alistair stuff, I'm not gonna say it's an excuse, but it does give like a tiny bit of nuance to the situation. Like, yeah. but with this, it's like he's flat out 100% wrong in every single way. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even laughing at this. This is terrible. Yeah. So, um, she. She's still trying to talk to him about Ethan, but Julian just keeps telling her, um, relax and pawing at her body. And then she says she wants to get off the bed and move to the couch. She's like, let's, let's, how about we move to the couch? And Julian just like pushes her down and tries to keep her on the bed. I'm so sorry. My. Oh, okay. I was confused by these notes because it's a dream. <laughs> I, I, you, I, you got I tricked. Up, I got tricked by my own notes. I got tricked by my own notes. Mm. It's like, 
Ethan knocks at the door. Fell into yes, your own trap. We just, you know what? There's a lot of moving parts. This is a, this part's a dream though. <clears throat> um, at first, the way Passions did it, at first I was like, huh, that's interesting because I know that that's not how this goes. But as it as this wore on, as with all things with passions, I figured it out, <laughs> you know. So this part was a dream. So she wants to get up off the bed. Ethan knocks on the door. Knock, 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 knock. It's me. It's Ethan. Um, he comes into the room and is understandably shocked to find Teresa in the bed. Then she jumps up and I thought, damn, she sobered up quick. Yeah, like I was like, hold on. Did the, all the alcohol just evaporate out of her body? What happened? She, she jumps up, runs to Ethan, tells him how glad she is to see him and explains what's going on and why she's there and you know, everything. And he thanks her. And then, and it was at this point that I was like, oh, this is absolutely a dream. Julian says, yes, she was trying to convince me to take you back into the family and she did it. Come, you're, welcome back, son. You're my son again. I was like, impossible. Oh, yeah, impossible <laughs> for Julian to turn Ethan back into a crane. Impossible. You know what that's from? You know what that's from. Isn't that from the Cinderella? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I got something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so he he julian says like you're welcome back son and she she did it and then ethan says oh my gosh teresa i love you let's get married today and um then it's uh julian's like yes i'll come with you to the 24-hour wedding chapel and i'll act as your witness and they get like married in this dream obvious an obvious dream by this point um the next morning, Teresa is waking up and Ugh. is like so happy. This poor girl, she is over the moon. She's waking up. She's like, hmm, oh, she because she's dreamt. She's dreamt that she married Ethan, that they made love and they're on their honeymoon. That's where she is. That's where her brain is. She wakes up and she's like, oh, Ethan, I love you. And, and I think she said something about like making love. And she yeah. puts her arm over the next the person next to her and who is who is sleeping and he says, Oh, I would like nothing more than to like make love, blah blah blah, whatever. And it's Julian. This girl is horrified, horrified. She screams, yells, What are you doing here? What am I doing in bed with you? Why are we naked? Who and so then they spend the next three episodes going back and forth saying in this room exact same thing teresa says she doesn't remember anything julian says of course we made love we're naked we were in bed together and he says i dreamt about making love to you and she says i dreamt about making love to ethan he says we both dreamt about making love ergo we had sex me and you because Ethan's not here. Ethan's not here. And, uh, you know, and he's, it's disgusting. And honestly, I, if y'all want to watch it, go watch it. I don't, I, I just can't get into like the specifics and the particulars of all the shit that he said. Because he said a lot of really gross stuff. Just and, think of like the worst thing you could imagine. And then that's probably what he said. Uh, so we'll, we'll get, we'll hit the bigger bigger points but um as far as julian's little because he did a lot of Ju what julian does which is the the kind of sly one-liners 
But this girl just woke up to a, one of the most horrific experiences you can wake up to as a woman. Or as a person. As a person. Not just as a woman. As a person. This is a horrific experience. She's 18. She just woke up in bed with this old man who force-fed her alcohol all night. She doesn't remember anything. And Julian Horrible. thinks it's a game and is and making he's, little one-liners. Yeah, making little l jokes and saying one, little zingers and one-liners about it. Yeah, it's just, it's weird and gross. So, um, Teresa is absolutely devastated um, that when Julian insists that they really did make love. And um, they go back and forth on this for a while. Teresa keeps saying, I don't remember. All I remember, and she, they, they always, re they recount up to the same point, which is where they come back to the room. And she doesn't really remember anything after they came back to the room, basically. Yeah, um, so we're not really getting anywhere with them. They're just at, kind of going in circles over and over again. Yeah, at all. Um, Teresa's super devastated. Julian like weirdly tries to calm her down saying, I, he, I won't tell anyone, this will be our little secret. And she, she tells him, you know, I don't believe that we slept together. All I remember is making love to Ethan. And quote, I would never willingly do anything with you. That's what she said. I would never willingly do anything with you. And then he gets like incredulous, like whoa, 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 whoa. you are not trying to pin a rape charge on me. Uh, you are, you're a rapist, sir. Like, what do you think this is? You're a rapist. And like, <laughs> I, I find it really not funny, but it's like, this is the part where he gets mad. Like where she's accusing you. Well, not even accusing you because she's right. You did do that. You knew exactly what you were and doing. And the thing doing. is, she didn't even say it because she wasn't even thinking of it that way. And when he said rape, the word, the mention of the word rape alone sent her into a spiral. Like she started like, oh my God, like screaming. Like I think it she come into the realization that maybe she was raped. If they had sex, oh, it absolutely. And see the way Passions tries to clean this up is that they both got drunk and don't actually remember. That's the way they kind of try to, they kind of, sorry. That's the way they kind of tried to clean this up. But Julian is the perpetrator. Perpetrator. He's the only person who gains from this situation, whether they're both drunk or not. She wanted nothing to do with it. He knew she didn't want anything to do with it. She had made very clear that what she was there for, she had made very clear what she wanted from him, which was for him to reinstate Ethan because she loves Ethan, because she wants to marry Ethan. Exactly. Why then would you think that she wants to have sex with you? That doesn't she make doesn't. Sense. You know she doesn't consent. You knew from the minute you started giving her alcohol she didn't consent. And she didn't consent to the alcohol. He kept, he kept making her drink, saying, well, if you're not going to drink, I don't know if... If I can listen to you talk about Ethan, like it's it's just a um, a good negotiating tactic. It just shows that you're negotiating in good faith. That's what he said. I mean, like he's just pushing, pressuring her to drink all of this and then gets drunk. And now just because he got drunk, too. And this is really to the writings of passions. Now, just because he got drunk, too, it's not a rape. Like, no, no, not at all. Like what in the world? And then on top of that, like. 
he had like you said like he has all of the power in the situation he's way older than her he's like 50 something and she's 18 like she's still basically a child like it's just it's gross and it's it's weird that the that julian would even think that he's like innocent in this situation but i guess i i don't know why i expected more from him i didn't expect more from him it's disgusting it's really disgusting um so we have brought up they have brought up the subject of rape and now they have brushed it off to the side okay that's what has happened because the writers knew that this storyline people there were some people who would say hey this is really fucked up that's actually a rape and so they had to find a way to try to get around it they put themselves Um, into a corner and then they sloppily tried to get themselves out of it well and this is how they i guess managed to do it so it is at this point that luis remember i told y'all that luis went back to the hotel to get the sunscreen well luis knocks on the door because why did luis knock on the door noise made her oh yes okay yeah i remember now Louise comes upstairs. Remember, their rooms are right next door to each other. So the maid is out in the hall cleaning, and Louise, the maid tells Louise, I don't remember exactly how they ended up in this conversation, but basically the the maid says to Louise that he, she definitely heard a young girl crying in there earlier. And so Louise decides, you know what, let me knock on the door and check out, check out what's going on. So um, Louise goes to knock on the door, because of the the maid the nosy maid well i shouldn't call her nosy the hero maid yeah she's just looking out for people yeah and um he knocks on the door julian comes to the door julian convinces teresa because teresa's like it's my brother good because she's trying to get out of this room as she she should she was desperately trying to get out of there and um julian convinces teresa not to say anything um because she's he says Luis will spend the rest of his life in jail for murder is that what you want and of course that's her brother she doesn't want him to go to jail for murder so she agrees to like hide and be quiet so after he says you know Luis will spend his the rest of his of his life in jail for murder he says the two we're just two consenting adults you know we didn't do anything wrong and teresa says i was drunk and tired and i just wanted to lay down and julian says you did a lot more than that oh and she says i was drunk i was tired i just wanted to lay down like i never had any i didn't basically she says i did not consent but these are not words that we were using in 2001 Consent were not, was not a word that they taught young girls. I did not, truthfully, I did not learn about consent until I was a grown woman. Like the word consent, nobody had ever like talked to me about consent. When they talk about rape, like the way I learned about it, and I think probably a lot of women my age learned about rape in like a very violent kind of way versus the way we talk about it now, where it's like, a very clear cut this is what a rape is of a violent act of like force versus these other nuanced situations that we talk about now where if if somebody literally cannot consent if they don't give an enthusiastic yes if they Mm -hmm. all of these different things that was not language that anybody was using in 2001 like i literally did not hear about 
really, truly about like a conversation around consent, probably until like, probably around until like the Me Too movement a few years ago. Sincerely. That's when people really started having conversations around consent and what it actually means. So um, she didn't even have the language to, to, this poor girl to say anything. So uh, Teresa's distraught. And oh, because he says you did a lot more than that. And she gets so upset. She throws like a bowl or something across the room at him and it crashes. And that's what Luis hears. And he he's mm. like, that's that's it. He keeps he knocks really hard. He's like, let me in there. Um, he searches the room, but he doesn't find Teresa because I guess Julian opens the door. Do you remember? I don't even remember. I didn't write it down, but I, yeah, I don't remember, remember how the door gets open because like the well, I don't want to like spoil for later, but. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't remember how he gets in. But I he, guess Julian he, opened the door. I assume Julian opened the door. I guess he does. Yeah, he yeah. opens the door and, you know, he doesn't find Teresa because she hid. Yeah, um, and they do their, their regular thing. And Luis heads back to the boat to get blown up. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so then Teresa's like getting ready to go. Like she's ready to leave once Luis leaves. And then she notices that she's wearing a wedding band. And she's like, what the fuck? Why do I have on this ring? The plot thickens. And can't figure out why. And they both have on. And then they notice they both have on rings. And she says, are we married? And she sees the, um, the uh, what's that thing? The brochure for the 24-hour oh, yeah. wedding chapel, like, was in her purse. She's like, why is this in here? Did we get married? Can I just ask a question about that? Yeah. So... Is this like a pageants thing or is this like a thing in real life, like 24 hour wedding chapels? Like That's that a is thing. a thing. Mm-hmm. What in the world? Mm-hmm. You hear you hear about it most in like Vegas or Reno, but I mean, it, it is a thing. And I, I assume they have it in other places other than Vegas. So for it to be in Bermuda makes as much sense as anything else. But yeah, that's definitely a real thing. Huh, that's yeah. interesting. Yep, people go to Vegas and get 24 married. hours a day. Yeah, you could get married any time of the day or night. Um, so yes. Um, Julian says to her at one point, you're not gonna pin a rape charge on me. Like he brings it up again. If that he says, You're not gonna pin a rape charge on me if that's what you're thinking, Teresa. And um this is actually when she screams at the mention of the word rape. And he says, I assure you, you wanted everything that we did. Mm. And I like that's add, the language of rape, definitely. And the fact that, like, I just want to add the fact that he has been like grabbing her and like pulling her around and manhandling her. Like, it, it's not, it, it's not good. It's bad not at all. It's bad news bears. And actually, last week, in last week's episodes, at one point he threw her on the bed and put his hand over her mouth so she wouldn't make any noise. When I think it was Luis who knocked on the door that time too, and he convinced her not to say anything. But this was before they like had blacked out and fell, fallen asleep. They were still supposedly negotiating. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's been pretty rough with her for sure, and I I don't like it. I just wish she would get beat up. Say that again. I said, I just wish he would get beat up. The wish is aligning with the he. And it sounds like, I just wish she would get beat up. (laughs) So let's just, let's just make sure. 
I am on Teresa's side. I want, let me clarify. I wish Julian would get beat up in real life, not in a dream, not in a vision, in real life. He needs to yeah. be beat. Yeah, you're right. Because I was like, wait a minute, we got to clarify for the people because it sounds like you want Teresa to get beat up. I just wish no, she would get beat up. She's already, she's already been beat down enough. And even on all of that was like, she didn't deserve any of that. No. Like for 75% of this, I'm on Teresa's side. She does some dumb stuff later on, but you know, I'm not. Yeah. Okay. So at this point, they're trying to recount the night, their night together. They can't, they, neither of them can really remember what happened. Cause at this point they're both trying to figure out if they're married. Um, and she starts to kind of calm down um says she's going back to take a uh, going back to to her room to take a shower and get the first flight back to harmony she tells julian he can't tell anyone that they ever spent the night together like this is their secret that he can never tell anyone ever um so then bruce knocks on the door one of one of um julian's creep squad members knocks on the door and he says he's brought he's brought a bottle of champagne as if these two people need any more alcohol for real. and he says i have a gift for the bride and groom and teresa just passes out she just falls to the floor and then julian's confused like what do you mean the bride and groom and Bruce explains that they had called him in the middle of the night to be the, a witness at their wedding and that they went to the 24 hour chapel and he witnessed them get married and they have a wedding, uh, uh, not a wedding certificate. What is it called? Marriage certificate and everything. Yeah. And um, then Julian, it hits both of them. Julian like sits down. Cause at this point, Teresa has come to while Bruce is explaining. Julian says, I married Teresa. And, and Teresa says, I married Mr. Crane. This part, the rape is horrific. Like, yes. that part of this is so awful. This part of this, this part where they got married, is pure tomfoolery. It's so <laughs> ridiculous. Like, Julian Crane cannot stay single for like 10 seconds because he just got divorced didn't he? he his divorce was finalized at midnight he hasn't been divorced he hadn't been divorced for three hours before he married Teresa. he's really speed running over here he had not been divorced for three hours before he married Teresa. so um yeah they're married they're um. married they're married i it was such a shock honestly it wasn't for me because I know that this is such a big plot point that they got married and that Teresa becomes Mrs. Crane. Oh, oh, this is like a thing that goes on for a while. Mm -hmm. mm. But the thing about Teresa, the thing is, while I want things to work out for Teresa in her favor, I and I always have and I always will, the fact that at as we move through this storyline, Teresa gets to gain so much more power just because she is now Mrs. Crane. It does, it is, it is satisfying. It is satisfying because they've been calling her the housekeeper's daughter for 500 and something episodes, right? They've been calling her a peasant, literally. They've been calling Terrible. her, they've been calling her, uh, 
taco sita and like taco sita little fajita and like yeah they've been calling her all kinds of racist stuff you think short of just an actual slur huh and now she's gonna get to go back to the crane mansion and literally be the woman of the house well you know what making the most of a bad situation i can respect that yeah so there's that part of it at least but I hate I hate this for Teresa because this is actually really awful for her. Like exactly. and her and her, the time she spends being Mrs. Crane is not good. Like she just has power. It's kind of like Ivy. She's miserable, but she has power. Mm. And the money. only thing she's ever wanted was that double wedding. All she wanted, all she wanted was a simple double wedding. It's a simple double wedding. Poor baby. That's too much I, to ask. It's apparently. Honestly, oh. any kind of wedding seems to be too much to ask, unless it's like yeah. a wedding that happens at like three a.m. when you're both. This is is this the first wedding we've had? They got married uh, on Passions. We had a, finally did get a wedding on Passions, but it was this one. And it was off screen too, which honestly, I'm glad it was off screen. They saved us. Yeah, I would I not want that. I didn't want to see that. Yeah. So I married Mr. Crane. She married Mr. Crane. So Teresa laments, this is the worst day of my life. I came to do something good and I ruined Ethan's life and my life. Julian tries to calm her down. He's like, there's worse things than being married to me. <laughs> she's like, are you sure? Let's three. And she's like, name them. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> name them i'll wait what's worse mm. what's worse this is like the worst possible thing that she could have done yeah she did the worst possible thing she could have done this so this is where y'all are gonna hear me those of you who don't like Teresa, y'all gonna hear me talk a little shit about Teresa. so get ready get your popcorn get enjoy <laughs> while you can this shit irritates me because I love Teresa, but this was stupid. This was the dumbest. Going down to Bermuda or or over to Bermuda. Going to Bermuda to talk to Julian about reinstating Ethan uh, to be a crane without ever even talking to Ethan. It's just so stupid. It was just so stupid. Because why didn't you ask him? Why didn't you stop to ask him, is this what you want me to do? Would you be okay with me doing this? I also, I give Teresa a lot, and y'all know this, I give Teresa a lot of grace. I do. I know I give her a lot of leeway. I know that. She's my favorite. And so I often give her a lot of, like, space and room to be a lunatic. But... <laughs> Teresa's a nut. She is. But... This one, I just can't get on board. A lot of times I'm like, well, she's a child. I'm always giving her that. I'm giving her that all the time. Well, she's a child. But she is. She is. She's 18. Well, she's a child. I'm trying to think. We're thinking about it through our, like, 30-year-old brains. But she is an 18-year-old, and she makes dumb choices. And these are the reasons why she makes these choices. Because a lot of times people are like, why would she do that? And I'm like, because she's an 18-year-old, and she's unsettled in her brain. But this one, I don't know. I at 12 this wouldn't have been a choice i could have made would have made you know what i'm saying yeah even for teresa this is a bad move even for teresa it makes so little sense it really and like what like has julian had a history of changing his mind on these sort of things like what makes her think she's the one who can finally get through to him and convince him to take ethan back she's having a manic episode or something i i don't know I don't know. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. But let, let's move on. But y'all, yeah, y'all, I, 
This time, I'm struggling with Teresa. I'm really struggling with Teresa. I feel horrible for her. Horrible for her. I hate that this has happened to her. But I hate the fact that she went down there in the first fucking place. It was a stupid idea. And, it, and that's not you dogging on her or whatever. That's just like valid criticism. That's just like illogical in every way and again i always give her i give her a lot of room and space because she's so young but this one was tough for me this one was tough for me because i i think also because the consequences have been are so dire and um horrible for her i i feel like i almost feel like a parent like her parent who's just so disappointed in her i'm not <laughs> mad i'm just disappointed <laughs> just disappointed and hurt i'm just so hurt and disappointed this is not how i raised you um <laughs> i raised you to be a lovable lunatic oh no not just a lunatic but anyway <laughs> i digress so um i'm not your wife where am i Teresa lumens is worth day of my life yes so she's talking about how this is the worst day of her life she's ruined her Ruined her life, ruined Ethan's life. Um, he tells her, lay down, relax. This is our honeymoon after all. She jumps out of the bed because he says, this is our honeymoon after all. Let me show you how a husband treats his wife. And then he just like puts his hands on her face like this and kisses her. While she and she's and he's like pushed her down. She's they're still in the bed. He's pushed her down by her shoulders, grabbed her by her face, and kissed her, saying, "Let me show you how a, a husband treats his wife." I can't. I Julian, what the fuck? Like Julian, what the it, fuck? Like before, it was explicitly clear, but now it is like crystal clear, like spring water clear that she does not like you she doesn't want to do anything with you and you kiss her oh gross For so forcefully so she jumps out of bed she's yelling i am not your wife and julian says this paper says differently like dangling the marriage certificate and she says ethan can never find out that we spent the night together do you understand he can never know Meanwhile, so we're going to leave it, leave Bermuda and talk about Ethan. Meanwhile, Ethan has boarded a flight to Bermuda. He's sitting on his flight and then he's surprised when he sees Whitney and Chad also board this flight. And I, my question is, where did they get the money? Where did Chad get the money for a flight to Bermuda? Where did Whitney get the money for the for a flight to Bermuda? Like Whitney's is a little bit more, makes a little bit more sense. But well, I guess Chad lives at Whitney's house and he does work and I don't think the Russells make him pay rent mm. so maybe he's got plenty of money and listen, I think another thing that's funny is that Whitney said something about her having to miss tennis practice girl I've never even seen her at tennis practice I know I came in late in the game but I have not seen her at tennis practice once she does not play tennis yeah the way she does not play tennis that's <laughs> Unless she's playing like Wii Sports or something. We Wii Sports, girl. Wii Sports wasn't out yet. She does not play tennis. You are correct. She she, she said that and we both were like, girl, shut up. <laughs> the way the writers try to keep reminding us that she's actually a tennis player, even though we never see her go to tennis practice in a tennis outfit on a tennis court with a tennis racket. I've never seen her with a ball. Like, Nothing. you know, I've seen her once or twice in the early, early episodes. In 
the early episodes they really leaned into that and but since then nothing you're absolutely right no you came in late and no they haven't been doing her having her on a tennis court in i don't know how long Mm -hmm. um but yeah that was funny she's like oh this morning i thought i was just thinking about being late to tennis practice now i'm not even gonna make it at all i was like okay i'll make it regardless yeah (laughs) yeah so drop you off the thing these two decide they're going to bermuda as well and so they um all take this flight then it doesn't matter what happens on this flight they all have chit chat recap whatever they get to bermuda and ethan spends a ton of time on a payphone trying to get in touch with teresa when he could just go to the resort he spends he spends so much time on the payphone calling the resort calling the resort trying to get in touch with teresa calling everybody's room but he can't get in touch with her so they finally just go over and um when they get to the resort um ethan sees the brochure for the 24-hour chapel and he's like this is amazing this is a sign me and teresa can just get married right now like today you the best man and the maid of honor is here her brother and sheridan are here we can all just go ahead and get married right here on the island at the 24-hour chapel it's perfect it's fate it's a sign and you would be correct ethan if your fiance hadn't already married somebody else yeah sorry somebody beat you to the punch man so sorry buddy i feel the turn is changing the tide is changing for me on these characters because man i love Teresa down for real for real and i have disliked ethan for a really long time but i'm starting to like ethan better i feel better and and i feel for the guy i feel for you especially since like we know what's happening but he is just blissfully unaware it's it's just sad to watch yeah, um, I feel so bad for the guy. Of hard to watch. I just want to do a little like sidebar about Chad's outfit. Yes, <laughs> let's talk about Chad's outfit. He's wearing let's... this button-down shirt. And okay, you said allegedly that you know back then in 2001, dragon shirts were all the rage. But dragon maybe... shirts were all the rage. Please tell Naya that dragon shirts were all the rage for like for like ten years, from like 1998 until like 2000. Nah, probably not till 2008. Well, maybe yeah, 98 to 2008. I feel like dragon shirts were really, really do a lot. There was a specific kind of dude who was wearing dragon shirts. Chad. Chad, yeah, but not just Chad. Then Chad's like a cool guy. But yeah, dragon mm. shirt, dragon shirts just be really cool. Yeah, it looked like a dragon shirt to me, but they were like tiny dragons. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell them about it, Naya. I don't know if it was just like maybe it was the JPEG compression on this video, but they did <laughs> not look like dragons. It looked like he was eating something on the plane, and then the plane like lurched forward and he got ketchup stains all over his shirt. And then the funnier thing about it was that every like subsequent scene where we saw him. Like, we would uh-huh. notice something else weird about his shirt. Like, one time he turned around, and there was, like, this giant pink diamond on the back, but it looked kind of like a sweat stain. Yeah, <laughs> it was a on weird his shirt. And it was then, a... like, in another scene, we saw something else on his shirt. There was, like, something else on the front. Okay, so there was, like, a ketchup dragon here, ketchup <laughs> dragon down here. And then there was, yeah, there was, like, the, the sweat stain on the back. And then the next episode, we noticed that there was, like, a light blue triangle, not triangle, diamond shape on, like, the chest area. Like ev- like you said, every time he came on screen, it was like they had added something to this shirt. It just got worse and worse. 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to see if I can find it and then and share it. But yeah, it was it was a mess. <laughs> it was very distracting. But it dragons, made it hard to take notes. I do think they were dragons on his shirt or like serpents, something. Mm -hmm. Hopefully not actual ketchup because that'd be embarrassing. Here, let me see if I can find it and I'll share my screen. I'm gonna pause. Man you see Chad? Okay. I'm gonna pause Check so I can look at his shirt. Place out. Oh, this is so gorgeous. Yeah, the the oh, resolution's look, the so bad. But yeah, okay, I'm gonna try and pause. Okay, pause. Okay, so here's one ketchup stain. There's the other one down here that we think are dragon ketchup. Ket what we call them? Ketchup dragons? Yeah, and something like that. There's like something right here. Can you see my cursor on the screen? Yeah, I can see it. It's like a weird blue blotch. I don't even yeah. see a diamond, honestly. I think you're giving them too much credit with the I'm diamond. giving them too much Whoa, credit. That's amazing. <laughs> Yeah. Let's see if we see the sweat stain. Is he gonna turn around? I don't think so. I really am glad I did. Let me see if I can <laughs> get married. Right really here. Nope. There's oh, the sweat there stain. There it is. Yeah. There it's it like is. But back. it's not. It's like a design back there. Yeah. It's or like so a design. Say. So anyway, that's that. <laughs> Stop sharing. <laughs> if anyone has this shirt in the audience, I'm sure it looks better in person. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it looks better in person. It was, uh, yeah, it definitely was kind of a mess. Um, so back to whatever. Who are we talking about? Teresa, Ethan, yeah. these children. Um, Lord Jesus. Okay, so they get. Oh, that clip I just showed you was them getting to the to the resort. That's that's great actually because that's where we pick up here. Cool. Um, they get to the resort. Um, Julian finds the chapel brochure, thinks this is amazing. We should definitely get married today. Um, then the trio go and find Julian's room because he has, I don't understand this. I don't know if I'll ever understand it. They go to the front desk first and he asks the front desk attendant to ring Teresa's room, but Teresa doesn't answer. And then they decide to go to Julian's room and knock on the door. But how did he know where Julian's room was? Yeah. Like what I I don't know. Like um, if the if the front desk person told him where it was, first of all, you're not supposed to do that. Um but second of all, then if that was the case, why wouldn't he have just asked for Teresa's room? Exactly. I like don't understand. Hmm. So anyway, they end up at Julian's room. It doesn't matter because I'm not going to ever understand it. So they go to Julian's room, knock on the door, no answer. Julian's pretending like he's not there. T Teresa hears that it's Ethan and she wants to open the door. She's like, I, I think, right? She wants to tell Ethan, right? Yeah, tell, yeah, yeah, she yeah she's wants like, to she, yeah. she, to her credit, she wants to tell him the truth immediately. She wants to explain ex exactly what happened and tell him the truth and, and just get it all out of the way. She doesn't want to have secrets. Should. Um, cause she's like, oh, Ju Ethan's here. That means he loves me. Let's like, uh, he came for me. He came for me. Yes, girl, go with that. Go with that instinct. Go with, do this. Cause listen, you just got married to this man. There's no court in the world who wouldn't grant you an annulment. You're 18, he's in his fifties. He plied you with alcohol. Y'all were drunk. You will, you could get an annulment today. She could get yeah. an annulment of that today. And if you talk to Ethan's a lawyer, Ethan will take care of it. Sure, he'll probably be mad, but he'll be more mad at Julian than you. Yeah, and you know? he's, the longer the longer she keeps this a secret from him, the more likely he is to be like mad, madder, longer. Not saying that you know, like 
um it's like all Teresa's fault or whatever but like you know it's not gonna be good to keep it a secret you know at all so Ethan's knocking on the door Julian panic <clears throat> Julian panics and keeps Teresa from opening the door he tells her um um that Ethan can never know and that if she tells Ethan what happened she'll lose him forever and that gets her to like that terrifies her right that's her that's her worst nightmare losing Ethan forever is her worst nightmare so she um agrees to just like hide Ethan's very persistent on knocking Julian won't open the door Ethan manages to get a security guard to come and open the door and the security's like um because he says Ethan says that I know who's in there I'm worried about them like basically ask the security to do a welfare check so they open the door and Teresa goes out onto the balcony and she escapes to the other room which is next door to them which is Luis and Sheridan's room um Julian not Julian Ethan comes in and this is when Ethan like says to Julian like what are you doing here um where's Teresa and Julian says Teresa I haven't seen Teresa and Ethan's like that's weird she says she came down here to talk to you and he's like mm, I don't know I've never I haven't seen Teresa who's Teresa that's basically and, what it sounds like and um then he notices Ethan notices like all the champagne bottles and the glasses and this is when he says um I, oh were you in here with some cheap some young slut that's when he yeah, said that so really that, out of pocket line like okay dude calm down yeah it was gross and Teresa heard that because she was standing out on the balcony and um she gets scared she's holding her clothes and her shoes oh this poor girl and that's when she escapes into the other room the maid is in that room cleaning and she bumps into her they both scream and then everybody runs around to that room because they hear screaming right and so Ethan comes in it's like Teresa here you are and it was it, there's a lot of moving parts here it was it's kind of hard to explain what happens honestly the dialogue was so like bulky and nonsensical that it was hard to take notes on what was happening because these are not the conversations that you would be having eventually they kind of just get everything straightened out kind of to a place where nobody where Ethan's not like shocked or confused about anything um again the the dialogue was so bulky that I had a hard time writing it I don't know do you remember any of it I remember that the reasoning as to what because we're getting to like the the wedding band part right or are we not we're about to get there he hasn't seen the wedding ring yet oh okay never mind then yeah but anyway he he tells her um he forgives her for scanning the letters he understands and he loves her and that he wants to marry her right now he tells her we can get married on the island and then they kiss she's so happy and he notices she's wearing the wedding a wedding ring he says Teresa you why are you already wearing a ring and <laughs> The fact that She's, it took him that long to realize that she had a wedding ring on is crazy. The fact that she didn't take it off immediately when she noticed it in the first place. Yeah, and like, that was it weird out the to window me. in disgust. Like, oh my God, get this thing off of me. That was weird to me. Why wouldn't you take that off immediately? Yeah. 
Yeah. Immediately. To, for, to me, that's bad juju. You married your rapist? No. Yeah. Take that ring off. Get get it out of your sight. Get it out of your spirit. But, um, yeah, so it was weird to me that she still had it on. But I guess that a lot had been happening. But for me, immediately, as soon as I saw it, realized we think that maybe we got married, I'm taking this off. Like, this is yeah. ridiculous. Um, but he sees the ring. And he asks her, like, why are you wearing a ring? And then in, in Passion's fashion, this man answers his own question. Instead of letting her answer, he says, oh, I know why you're wearing a ring. I understand exactly what's going on here. <laughs> you're wearing that ring so guys won't bother you while you travel. You're so smart, Teresa. Give me a hug. I love you. Like, I'm glad you added that pause in the middle for dramatic effect because that's exactly what the show does. Because <laughs> yeah. like the audience, well, the imaginary audience that doesn't have a brain would be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> He knows. He knows the truth. But he doesn't actually know the truth. He says, <laughs> he says, you'd never marry another man. <laughs> Oops. Uh-oh. And th at this point, this is when Bruce comes by. And he says, he comes in the room. And rem a reminder, we're all in Luis and Sheridan's room now. Like, they're not even in Julian's room. They're in somebody else's room altogether. Um, which also I I forgot to say that when Ethan comes and knocks on the door, Julian gets a flash like a um, like a daydream oh, yeah. of Luis and Ethan beating him up, and it was just so funny. It was so good. It was so good. I wish that that was like the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, I need to see him get beat up. Honestly, that would be nice. Like where where's TC when you need him? For real, actually, where is TC? Period. Where where is TC? <laughs> we don't see them people ever. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so he um, Bruce comes by saying he wanted to take Julian and his lovely bride out to dinner. Like all of a sudden it's dinner time. Like we've been doing, have we been doing this all day? I don't understand. He says he wants I to take them all to it. dinner, out to dinner. But what, well, I don't know, whatever. Julian somehow manages to cover saying, oh, Bruce, Br Bruce means Rebecca. I met, Rebecca was supposed to be here right after my divorce was finalized so we could get married, but she, something came up. She wasn't able to make it. So he, he he's mistaken. Like my bride's not here. He just thought that, you know, I told him that I was getting married. That's why he came and said that, yada, yada, yada. He brings Bruce up to speed, like to the side and sends him on his way. Um, and then Ethan tells Teresa he wants to get married today. And that's like where we ended with them. Ooh. This week. Yeah, no. The finger. I'm glad we made it through that. Uh, it was a struggle, but we made it. Yeah, the first half was rough. They had us in the first half, not gonna lie, but towards the was, second half i was horrified yeah it got horrified better, it did get better i was uh, all right y'all you ready to talk about some uh what should we do magic or troubled marriages let's do let's do magic because i feel like that has the second most amount of stuff in it i feel like all right let's do magic charity's freaking out what else is new <laughs> and as usual miguel is telling her you're crazy lay down whatever Basically, who cares yeah. shut up <laughs> Char charity's freaking out these all of these episodes 
And she's having, she has a premonition where the, all of the kids are on the beach crying out in pain. She yells, we're all doomed. She says that a lot this week. We're all doomed. Miguel tells her she's tired and reassures her that everything will be fine. You're just tired. You're just tired. Reese, of course, takes this moment to remind everything, everyone that actually we're all stranded and everything's not fine. Yeah. Y'all <laughs> are then, pretty far from fine. But then Miguel's like, but we have plenty of food and water. We will be fine. Somebody will figure out we're missing. Everybody knows where we are. They will still send somebody to find us. I wouldn't be so sure, Miguel. And I said this last week, Your pa- y'all's parents are so uninvolved. Like, they... Mm. They are unattentive to their children. They are wrapped up in their own shit. And you, like you just said, where is TC? Where is Eve? They, we don't know. Literally, the, Simone the, just came out of a coma. And they're nowhere to be seen. And now that child's stranded on an island. <laughs> These kids could be off in some kind of vortex somewhere. And their parents would be none the wiser. In fact, nope. weren't they actually in the vortex? <laughs> I See, this is my thing. I think I said this last time. I would not... I wouldn't be putting too much faith in my unattentive parents if I was them because y'all ain't no telling how long it's going to take them to notice y'all are missing. Exactly. Seriously. I And I mean that in all seriousness. I know it's funny, like, haha, joke funny, but it also is kind of sad. Like, their yeah, parents exactly. don't give a fuck about them, much like me. I don't give a fuck about these kids either, but they really do not care what happens to them. They are so unattentive. They never know where they are. And they're so wrapped up in their own shit. There's, like, you really think Grace is going to remember that her kids are off on the island? She ready to blow her whole life up right now anyway. <laughs> She's like, okay, well, my kids are gone now. I really can go with David. I'm not, I don't have any more responsibilities. I already shipped my son off to God knows where. My girls are, my girls are lost. What can I say? They're lost. They're gone. All right. I guess I can go with David now. Goodbye. Grace doesn't give a fuck. Grace None doesn't of them care. do. None of them do. I'm not giving Grace any grace on this. No, man. Grace is, I'm sick. I'm sick of Grace. Oh, officially. yeah. You're like, yeah, you have a bone to pick with Grace. I'm Me sick of Grace. I'm upset with Grace, but not to the same degree. Probably because I haven't seen this build up, this whole thing or whatever. But yeah, it, it's it's definitely annoying though. I'm sick of Grace officially. Okay, so anyway, back to these kids. Sorry, see, I done went off on another tangent about the parents. I don't even care about the kids. Okay, so um, Miguel says, uh, "What get what Miguel needs is somebody stable." Oh. Yes, okay, 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 okay. So while Charity is having this freak out and Miguel's trying to calm her down, Kay is, of course, talking to Simone and tells Simone, look at her, Simone. She's crazy. Like, she says, what what Miguel needs is somebody stable, like me. Girl, I wouldn't call you stable. (laughs) Stable wouldn't be the word that I used. Is it the word you would use, Naya? No, I'd not. I would say you're teetering on the edge. <laughs> I'm like, I don't think you're even close to stable. You not might not be screaming and yelling about us all being doomed all the time. But you're screaming and yelling about getting Miguel to have sex with you. So Well, you you trying to rape the man constantly. Yeah, so you are always trying to assault Miguel and get pregnant at 15. Unstable is for for me unstable doesn't even begin to doesn't even begin 
to express how crazy this girl is. Yeah, you said she was teetering on the edge. No, she is like, she has reached terminal velocity falling down the carpet. <laughs> Yeah, so she says what Miguel needs is somebody stable, like me. And it, it, it's just so, that was just such a funny line. Like, Passion absolutely knew what they were doing. And um, Kay says, Kay to Simone about Charity being un poco loco. That's what my note says. <laughs> She's un poco loco. She is a little crazy, um, Charity, yeah. this girl. Um, uh, so Kay is still scheming to get to sleep with Miguel. Meanwhile, Miguel asks Charity to sleep in his tent with him so that she feels safe and protected. He's like, I have an idea. You're tired. You're upset. You're worried. You're nervous. You're scared. I, but let me protect you. Make sure, like, I want to keep you close. Just stay in my tent tonight and everything will be fine. So that puts a kink in to... Kay's little kinky plan to get into <laughs> Miguel's tent and sleep with him, right? Um, Charity then, like, insists, continues to insist that she saw um, Sheridan and Teresa on an island and they're in trouble. Miguel, 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 I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Miguel tries to, like, rationalize everything. He says, like, well, you know, I'm sure Teresa's fine. Teresa's back in harmony because he doesn't know Teresa's in Bermuda. Teresa's in harmony. She's not on an island. There's like, so th you're wrong about that. And then he says, and Sheridan and Luis are on their honeymoon, like on a trip together. They're fine. She's with Luis, so she's safe. Um, you know, I just don't think that your premonition is right this time, basically. Uh, meanwhile, Norma's also running around this island chasing Timmy and Tabitha. I don't care. I don't care. I don't, so care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care about this normal bullshit. Normal <laughs> bullshit. I don't. It's far from normal. I don't give a fuck. God, I don't. If I could, like, I can't express how little I give a fuck about this. Is this going to go anywhere? It kind of goes somewhere, kind of. It's for camp. It's for show. It's for filler. It, it's a Naruto filler episode. Let's put it that way. Yeah, it's filler. It, that's all it is. And it, I, there are people who love this part of Passions. Me, not so much. I don't, I do not like this at all. Um, so that's that. Whatever. Norma is running around with the axe and her daddy and the baby Bjorn and whatever. She sets a trap for Tabitha. Whatever. <laughs> now, okay. the the scene where Tabitha, where Timmy frees Tabitha from the trap and <laughs> Tabitha falls on the ground. That was pretty funny. And then I made like a little comment. Like I was like, this is my little prediction. Is Timmy going to be the one that finally kills Tabitha, like, on accident? <laughs> because, like, I feel like 99% oh. of the time she gets hurt, it's Timmy's fault. Like, he did something on accident. Oh, he did chop her head off, didn't he? <laughs> exactly. Like, I'm just saying he's three more accidents away from killing her. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, she gets caught in a trap set by Norma. And Timmy cuts her down from the trap. And she falls out of this, like, net netting that's been... In, held up in trees um, but she's fine she's fine everybody um, later Reese 
questions Tabitha about being a witch again. He talks about her doll some more and says like, well, when you got that doll off the boat, why did you give it CPR? Like, and Jessica, Jessica steps in and stands up for Tabitha and says, just let it go, Reese. Tabitha has already explained that the doll is like a person to her. Just let it go. Um, she's sick of him. Jessica's sick of Reese. Um, I need to. Like, not to, you know, be on Tabitha's side or whatever, but, like, if I heard this guy constantly, like, talking about how this old lady, creepy old lady is a witch, like, I would just be sick of it. Like, shut, shut up, nerd boy. Stop talking to me. <laughs> yeah, shut up, nerd boy. Um, so then... Later, they all go like to sleep and Charity's in Miguel's tent and she struggles to go to sleep and then she like sits up and then we see a ghoulish head that just like pops up in the middle of the tent um, from the ground between her and Miguel and turns out that's a warlock. I think uh, Tabitha uh, tells us later that yeah. what she saw was a warlock. But uh, yeah, he that's all she sees. And then she is like frozen with terror, I guess, because we get to the next episode or the next day so quickly. Nothing happens with that ghoul head. Nothing yeah. to the point that to the point that I thought I had skipped an episode. I was like, what the f where what happened with the ghoul head? Yeah, what's going on with the timeline here? I was confused for a but second. We, I thought it might have been like a dream. Me too. But we just skipped to the next morning and she explains to Miguel and explaining to the kids what she saw. And he says, well, why didn't you wake me up? And she says, I don't know. I was just frozen in fear. Um, and I was really scared and I was really hoping that it was a dream. But now I know that it wasn't a dream. Like now that I've woken up, like it, I, I, I'm thinking back on it, it definitely was not a dream. That's when, and Tabitha overhears all this. And she, of course, relays to Timmy that what Charity saw was in in fact, a warlock's head and that they only come out at night. The freaks come out at night. The freaks come out at night. You know that song? No. The warlocks come out at night. The warlocks come out at night. Yeah, they come out at night, apparently, so according. I don't know. I know. You're so young. You got to mm -hmm. learn some music. Um, got a good why, teacher. That's why whenever I'm uh, home with the other kids, with... Uh, I'm not going to say their names. When I'm at home with the other nieces and nephews, like I've been playing different music for them and like testing them on like, who is this? So right now we're up to Beyonce and Michael Jackson, okay. a little bit of Mariah Carey. Um, so like I'll play a song and I'll be like, okay, who is this? You know, or it just comes up on the radio or on my shuffle. I'm like, oh, who is this singing? Who do you think this is? And they'll be like, is it Beyonce? You got it. Aww. There's typically only like a few answers that they, you know, but I'm working them up. So they learn some songs. Teaching yep. the next generation. I feel like you have grown up in a time where people listen to music differently, learn music differently, take in media very differently. You, you have the luxury of choice, but because of that, you don't get exposed to as much yeah because i can filter out what i want to listen to yeah you know but mm -hmm. i don't get that wide variety because yeah. i get to choose you get to choose yeah but you but you don't get a you don't have a a big library to choose from because you didn't learn a bunch of music 
growing yeah. up. You know what I mean? I don't have a big pool. Yeah, and and so that's why we're we're nearing the end of I feel like of like broad media references that like everybody knows. You know yeah. what I mean? Because there's Cause so now many... everything is like getting like I feel like getting kind of like in different like um what is it called niches? Yeah, yeah. Everything's like getting so in different niches. I think I I don't think it's so much a niche issue as much as it is a streaming issue where not everybody has the same streaming services. Not everybody watches the same shows on those streaming services that they do have. There's so many things to choose from now. There's like there's just so it's crazy because there's so much media now. Um, so whereas for a long, 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 long time, there's really only so much. There was a lot, but there was only so much. We were all watching Cartoon Network together. We were all watching Nickelodeon at the same time together. We were yeah. all watching ABC at the same time. Like we were watching all the same shows at the same time together. So we have all the same references and the same reference points. And now it's like you can try and make some references to like, you know, there's some shows that I watch. I'm like, I'm not going to try and make references to this shit. Nobody watch this shit. Ain't nobody watch Pole Dark. <laughs> You know, yeah. I mean? you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's like, like there's there's so few things now that like besides obviously like you can always reference older things because you know you're going back to that time where everybody saw the same things. But trying to reference newer stuff is like hard because not everybody watches the same stuff anymore. Yeah, and in in the way you do it, like it it has changed too because you have to ask somebody. Hey, like when you have you have the reference, you say, "Well, do you watch Castlevania?" Right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a joke, but it only works if you watch Castlevania. You and know I what I mean? Want to like take some of the punch out of the joke because you had to like if you weren't explaining the joke, but you were kind of like making sure they would even get it in the first place. Yeah. So yeah. I versus like versus like the, I think the last like great like reference point that I think a lot of people had was like that's what she said. I think that was like the last one. That's what she said, and you know what that's from, or you at least understand like the joke. Yeah. You know? But anyway, now, I digress. You ready to get back to passion? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm ready. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> I like going on a little tangent. I got off on a little that, tangent. I think that the listeners like it too. I hope so, because <laughs> I'm leaving it in. <laughs> okay, so um, they are uh, Miguel. Sorry, Charity talks about the ghoul, the the warlock head. Miguel blames himself. He's like, what? Well, he says, "Why didn't you wake me up?" And she says she was so scared and that she was frozen and hoped that it was all a dream. And he says, "This is my fault. I told you to sleep in my tent so that I could keep you safe, so you wouldn't be scared." But I didn't. I was like, "Well, she didn't wake you up." So, yeah. Also, like, how is it your fault? Like, you didn't know where the warlock head was gonna pop up. You didn't even know there was a warlock head to be popping up. Yeah. Then Charity's Charity's just keeps saying like horrible thing after horrible thing, ominous thing after ominous thing. The next thing she says to him is, "Miguel, it's too late to help Teresa." What the fuck? Like this girl, break up with this girl expeditiously. Jeez. Break up with this girl expeditiously. She's scary. She's a scary girl. She needs to break up with him and check into like a a psych ward or something like. She, yeah, she needs inpatient care because she looked that man in his eyes and said, "It's too late for your sister." Scary. She's she's made a mistake and it's, it's she's going to regret it for the rest of her life. It's too late to help her. 
Mm-mm. What the hell? Miguel doesn't believe her. He actually walks away from her because it's upsetting. It is upsetting for somebody to say to you, like, your sister's fucked up and she's never going to be the same again. And, like, you, she's there's no helping her. Yeah, and then... You, you can't even, like, call her or contact her because y'all are all trapped on this stupid island that you should have never even went to in the first place. So let's talk about it. Let's <laughs> talk about this, this them being trapped on this island. Let's talk about unstable K. Unstable, this bitch. Jesus Christ. <laughs> this week was nuts because, I, and I said this to Naya several times, I was like, every woman on this show is out of her mind and every man on this show is dumb as bricks like that's that's like what's happening those are the only two groups you can be in it's crazy it's like those are the two groups and then you've got Whitney and Simone who are trying their best to bring their best friends down to earth and tether them um and they're failing failing miserably and also i'm gonna say they're stupid too because there is a point where you have to like no matter what your friend wants you to do there's right and there's wrong yeah especially with simone and we're gonna talk about that especially with simone there's right and there's wrong and i don't care i you know my friends i ride for my friends i only got like three i ride hard for my friends but what the fuck I'm not going to do is let you keep me stranded on a motherfucking island on purpose. So yeah. let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. Let's get into this. Let's so dig in. The, pl- the kids hatched this plan to try and get off the island um, because they had all seen... Oh, my gosh. They made reference to Castaway multiple times in these this week's episodes, which, Naya, we should watch Castaway. Have you ever seen Castaway? We should watch it. We should watch it. I, it's a, it's really good. It's got Tom Hanks in it. You remember the? It's a. I don't know if you know this reference, but this is a. This is another reference that people used to make all the time. Wilson. Well, no, you know, I've never. I'm not. I see. I need to watch it. You know, I'm just so behind when it comes to like pop culture. You're you just know, young. Need, you're just I need young. To learn. You're just young. There's, that's that's all it is. But anyway, <laughs> um. He, anyway, they they make reference to Castaway and talk about how he had, like, tried to, because he gets stranded on an island, and he tries to get help by, like, drawing help in the sand and building a large fire. So it's like, that's what we can do. We'll build a large fire. A boat will pass, some boats should be passing soon. They should be able to see it. Hopefully, we'll be able to get rescued. So they all go off onto the island in different directions to gather as much kindling and firewood as they possibly can and they build this very nice pyre um and then Kay decides she says well we can't get off this island today I don't want to get off this island today I don't I want us to I need to stay here an extra night at least so that I can put my plan into motion and sleep with Miguel which the plan is so stupid already what makes you think he's gonna sleep with you Exactly. And on top of that, I wasn't aware that we were all on your schedule, Kay. This girl starts pouring water all over the pyre to make it as soaked and and to, to soak it and saturate it with water so that they cannot light it, so that they cannot get rescued. This bitch is unhinged. She has lost her mind. And meanwhile, see, this is where I this is where I take issue with Simone. Simone is watching her do this and trying to yap, 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 talk, talk, talk her out of it. But punch 
punched that bitch, poked her right in the face. They need to tie her up. Mutiny. Yes. Mutiny. Ever, ever heard of Lord of the Flies? Tie <laughs> her up. Like, there is no talking her out of it. She's already started pouring the water. This is where you take action. Words Simone's, are not going to work anymore. Simone's just saying, Kay, you're horrible. You can't do this. Stop it, Kay. Like, the, Miguel's never going to sleep with you. And, girl, if you don't take those water buckets from her and punch her in the face, slap her across the face. Hit her with drag the bucket, her, do something. And drag her across the beach by her ponytail. I, she, I would have had to, we would have had to tie her up. I would have said tie her hands and her feet because she wants us all to die here. Yeah. And like, I'm not really sure because they didn't like, you know, make any reference to this. But I did wonder about was the water that Kay was basically wasting, was that fresh water? Because I feel like that's kind that's of a, a commodity. That's a good fucking question. <laughs> was that their fresh water? It was in their like water yeah. coolers. Oh my God, Naya, you just made, I'm thinking, I think you're absolutely right. I think that was their drinking water. I think that was their drinking water. Kay is trying to kill them. Oh my God. I didn't even think about that. It was bad enough that she was just putting the, putting the water on the fire so that the fire wouldn't start and so they wouldn't get rescued. But now I realize she, I think you're absolutely right. It was in those yeah. like water jug things. Yeah. And she was just wasting it. I don't think, I think that was their drinking water. I think you were absolutely right. All to sleep with Miguel. That's, it which is not going to happen a, and not if work. If he's a dehydrated corpse. <laughs> she said, we can, we can either fuck or we can die together. Pick. Pick, <laughs> pick one. <laughs> that was ridiculous. I'm so sick of her. So, oh, I'm so mad at Kay. I'm sorry. Oh God, I'm so mad at Kay. And I... I hate that Simone did not stop this. She had the ability to stop she, this, and Simone she did not. Simone for that. So I'm so I'm, I'm Kay's the the worst, the bad one here. But the fact that Simone did not do anything, yeah. she's worse than a bystander. She is like a she was complicit, basically. Yes, yeah, she's complicit. Yeah, she's complicit, one hundred percent. Um, this girl's really lost it. Kay has lost her marbles. She yeah. will not be finding them anytime soon, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And you know, and yet, I'm still Team K over Charity. <laughs> okay, because like at this point, it's like extreme person A, extreme person B, and at least extreme person B is like funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, psychotic! They're both she. They're both kind of psychotic, but K. This was this was at least inexcusable. Kay, that's exactly right. Kay's entertaining with it. But this was inexcusable. And I'm so glad you said, you're so smart. I love you. I'm so <laughs> glad you noticed that that was probably their drinking water. It was probably their drinking water. And that's probably going to come up. It probably, you know it what? Probably. I don't know. It might not come up. I think it probably will because they talked about, we have plenty of food and water. They said that's that true. a few times. They did. It, they didn't like explicitly state that they had, well, they used to have plenty of water and food. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure this island is not an island in a river. I'm pretty sure it's an island in an in the ocean. I, I think they're like off the coast of Harmony. Well, you know, Reese is smart, so maybe he can fashion some sort of desalinization you know, yeah. machine. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. out of his little like computer that he carries around. with his little palm <laughs> pilot that doesn't work because there's no data service out here. <laughs> 
so this has happened with Kay. She's doing that. She's sabotaging them so that she can seduce, try and seduce Miguel. She's really lost her fucking mind. Um, meanwhile, Charity's getting Charity's getting more and more agitated. She's saying, it's too late for Teresa. It's too late for Teresa. And then she gets a vision of the bomb on Sheridan and Luis's boat. And she screams, there's a, there's a countdown to their death, Miguel. There's a countdown to their death, Miguel. Sheridan and, Sheridan and Luis are doomed. Sheridan and, Sheridan and Luis are doomed. So now, not only are you telling me my sister cannot be saved, my brother is also about to die. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yelling at me, Charity? Everybody's about to die. Everyone's constantly about to die. Everyone's constantly about to die. Meanwhile, Jessica meets Norma in the woods and brings her and introduces her to Tabitha. We'll see what becomes of that. That's like where we end it with them. Um, nothing really happens. Obviously, Tabitha's terrified that, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tabitha and Timmy, I didn't talk much about them, but basically at this point, Tabitha has decided it was stupid of us to try to get away from the kids. We should stick with the kids so that Norma doesn't attack us. But Norma has now infiltrated the group. So. Doesn't matter anymore. Screwed either it, way. It doesn't matter. Okay. So moving on to troubled marriages. Let's talk about Grace, honey. We got to talk about Grace. We got to talk about Grace. We got to talk about the, the Grace problem, everybody. <laughs> Save the worst for last. Is this the worst? I think the stuff with Therese is the worst, but. That's true. The worst in terms of like subject matter yeah this Teresa. is just really annoying yeah i like yell i at one point i think i was like yelling at the tv at grace i was so mad grace. grace is like acting like she's like i don't know like she's like just so brain dead i don't know what's so brain dead that's 100 <laughs> right that's exact that's that is the correct description yes brain dead <laughs> she's acting brain dead um, and I'm very interested to get your take on this. I loved what you said in the, when we were watching it. And I was like, I'm going to let her talk about that. Because we, we can discuss it and I can bring you up to speed and explain. But I think you kind of got the gist of what's going on. So let's talk about what happens this week. Sam runs an FBI background check on David. Um, he then starts talking about how... David fits the FBI's profile of a con man to the T, yada, yada, yada. The, um, then he's talking to Hank during all that. He's like at the station. He's talking to Hank. Um, meanwhile, David is still staying at the B&B where Grace is working. So he comes downstairs and um, he apologizes to Grace because when she's on the phone, this was stupid. She was on the phone. And they asked for her name, and she says, my name is Grace B B Bennett. She forgot her last name for a second. And, mm. um, at, like, she saw him, and it made her re It made her second guess if her last name was Bennett. It's just, she's so irritating. Um, and so he apologizes to her for, like, confusing her. And he says he never considered that she might have had a husband. Um... And then she begs him, like, just tell me the truth. Are you my husband? Am I your wife? And he says, I swear to you, we were married before God. Then she cries and she says she has the most terrible feeling that it's all over for her and her family. Like, she's like, I had a beautiful life. I had a husband I loved and who loved me. Wonderful kids, an amazing home, businesses. But I have a feeling that's, and, and we were so happy 
but I have a feeling that's all over for us now. Why? Uh... Like, why are you letting this random, no-lipped, having <laughs> man come into your life and blow it all up? Just tell him to leave. That Get out of my B&B. That man has no lips. None. None. It was, and it's irritating to look at. Irritating to look at. Um, so th- at this point, Sam comes into the B&B and he's angry at David, of course. He's like, why are you talking to my wife? <laughs> he doesn't say it like that. But he comes in, say, Where'd that come from? <laughs> he comes in and tells David to leave. And, and he's like, get out of here. And, and Grace says, no, he's staying here. As in, he's a guest here. Yada, yada. Whatever. That's literally what I wrote. That's literally what I wrote in my my notes. My my next note says whatever bickering yada yada yada. David goes to breakfast. <laughs> Honestly, a great summary of the events. It was. So I'm gonna read the whole note. Whatever bickering yada yada yada. David goes to breakfast, but Sam stops him to ask him what juice is Grace's favorite. And this was hilarious because I made a joke. I made a joke before he said what her favorite juice was. And I was like, her favorite juice is probably grapefruit juice. I was like, her favorite juice is probably grapefruit juice. And then I was like, or cranberry. I was like, it's either grapefruit juice or cranberry juice. And do you know that this man said, Grace, I don't know what Grace's favorite juice is, but I know what she used to like. She used to like grapefruit juice mixed with cranberry juice. I could not believe that I had predicted that so beautifully. You nailed it on the head perfectly. It's so funny how <laughs> you got that. And you know what's funny, though, is that the writers, the writers of the show have coded Grace as a grapefruit drinker. Like, I don't know. It's hard to explain. <laughs> like A grapefruit. A grapefruit juice drinker. She just strikes me as a. Listen, there's a lot of great juices, great juices, wonderful juices. I love juice. I don't know if y'all know this about me. I'm, I'm about to tell y'all something about me that y'all might not know. I love juice. It is one of my favorite things. Juice and cheese are like, I could live on juice and cheese alone. Um, I love juice of all kinds. It, the worst possible juice is grapefruit juice. Grapefruit juice is the worst juice. Definitely the worst standalone juice. Cranberry juice as a standalone juice is also not great. Not good. Yeah. But, yo, as an additive, you add it to anything and it's delicious. Mm -hmm. Cranberry got a baby with everybody and they're all delicious. They're all delicious. Cran apple, cran orange, cran mango, mango, uh, pineapple, cranberry. Like, you just... uh, the, The... the possibilities are endless. Okay. I love all the collabs. They're so great. That all of the cranberry collabs are top notch. Now, it's just interesting to me that of course Grace, of course Grace likes grapefruit juice. Nobody likes grape. Only I'm sorry if you a grapefruit juice lover. <laughs> this is obviously a joke. This is obviously a joke. This is not personal, poisonal look towards you, but Grapefruit juice is gross, and the people who drink it just straight are weird. And I can say that because my mama likes grapefruit juice, so I'm talking about my own mama. That's weird, okay? Grapefruit juice is disgusting. Like as a juice, as a juice, you're gonna drink. You're gonna you're gonna go to the. You telling me you're gonna go to the store and pick out grapefruit juice when the apple juice is sitting there? When the when the grape juice is sitting there? When the cran apple is sitting there? You're gonna choose grapefruit? 
when when every other ju- orange juice is sitting there there's a whole like rainbow of juices if you, if you want a citrus juice orange is your choice never grapefruit you might as well be drinking like lemon juice acid you uh, acid acid you might as well be drinking because at least with lemon juice you can make lemonade and lemonade is yeah. amazing lemonade is so good you ever try to make grapefruit juice lemonade great no, what would you call I, that grapefruit aid i don't know a mess that's what i would call it it no Mm-mm. disgusting disgusting grapefruit and like i don't know if this like counts because i know they're technically fruits but like tomato juice is really gross yeah um, tomato juice is kind of gross it has that uh it has that oatmeal raisin cookie effect where like oh i forgot you you really like those okay I like oatmeal raisin Excuse? too. Okay, listen though. I like oatmeal raisin too. But if I bite into a cookie thinking it's chocolate chip and it's oatmeal raisin, I'm going to be disappointed. I, I know you've hate, heard this I hate when people times. say that. I hate when people say that chocolate chip cookies and oatmeal raisin cookies look nothing alike. I mean, they listen, look nothing alike. If your vision is terrible like mine, then like the I've texture like- alone is so different. The the chocolate chip cookies are smooth on top not if you mess them up chocolate chip cookies are smooth on top oatmeal raisin they have peaks and valleys on top okay it's it it's got a nice crust to it on top oatmeal raisin cookies look nothing like chocolate chip cookies i don't any person who mistakes a chocolate chip cookie for an oatmeal raisin cookie was not paying close enough attention and that's on you okay but i'm just saying like just the principle of that biting into something and it being something else that you weren't expecting is usually disappointing right agreed yes there's been a time when i've drank um tomato juice thinking it was some other better juice (laughs) it was gross tomato (laughs) juice is gross actually it's it a savory juice doesn't make any sense to me yeah i I don't don't like that it's like i'm drinking you know what it reminds me of it's like drinking like soup. Yeah. Like blended it's, up soup. Yeah. It's like, like drinking soup, soup is already blended up, but I use tomato juice in my vegetable soup um recipe. Oh, I bet that's good. It's I. Right. It's I use it to like cut down on calories, but like it's it's okay. Um but yeah. Not as a standalone drink, like, oh my gosh, I'm parched. Let me go get some tomato no, juice. Tomato and juice. Guzzle it. Tomato juice is an ingredient to me. It's not something you should just be drinking. So, yeah. yeah. To me, it's the same as like, let me go drink some soy sauce. Like Though Grace does love a tomato soup cake. So, actually, they should have made tomato juice her favorite juice. Actually, yeah, because then it would all match. Yeah, they should have made tomato juice her favorite juice. That would have been so funny. That would have been hilarious. This is really funny, too, because these are like the most, like, these are the two most, like, the worst juices. Yeah, these are the worst things worst. to combine. <laughs> she likes the worst juices. Like, like cranberry juice, again, cranberry juice is fine mixed into other things, but only if those other things are already good standing alone. Yeah. Grapefruit juice is not good standing alone. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm sorry, y'all. I done went off on the tangent about juice, but I love juice. I'm very passionate about juice. Very, very passionate about juice. Um, but that's, I don't drink it as much because I'm a, I literally have an addiction. I have a sugar addiction, so. Anyway, I miss I miss juice. God, I love juice. <laughs> okay. 
good. This is not sponsored, by the way. You know, we're not Ocean like, Spray. Ocean Spray, sponsor me. We're not sponsored by Big Juice. We're Ocean Ocean Spray, Mott, uh, Mott's, uh, come and sponsor me for, uh, what's the other, Welch's? Come and sponsor Passion's what's Podcast. The, oh, no, Juicy Juice. They need to sponsor us. Their juice is, like, really good. I do love Juicy Juice. Juicy Juice, the thing about Juicy Juice is is it all of them are, like, amalgamations, and they're all apple juice-based. All of them are apple juice-based. They're all, like, 50% apple juice, and then they add, like, some other shit in. They're so good, though. They taste. <laughs> I think I told you this one time. I was like, Juicy Juice just tastes young. It's a young juice. It tastes young it does say that it just makes me laugh because like it's just so funny how does the juice taste young you get it though and how does the juice taste old but then at the same time when you you can like judge it all you want but if you actually drink juicy juice then you'll understand yes that it does taste young okay so here's what i'm going to tell you the difference between a young juice and an old juice. Uh, juicy juices are young juice. That they taste young, they feel young, they have a they have a young consistency. A, a old juice is Concord grape juice, that deep, dark purple juice. That's old juice. It's mm. so good. It's, it's got thick. that bold body. That yeah. full bodied flavor. Yes, I love how we're talking about juice as if it's wine. <laughs> They're both liquids. They are both liquids, and they and they're both made from fruit. Yeah, I so mean, like wine is just juice apart. that's gone bad, basically. Um, <laughs> it is. One day, people were like, "Hey, you know what? We should drink this." Yeah, exactly. But grape juice, yeah, it's so thick and full. It's got a heaviness to it. It's really been through some shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, grape juice, juice is old. Juice is very young. It's like a sweet summer child. It's and, a baby. It hasn't. Yeah, yeah. It, hasn't it hasn't hasn't gone through anything. There's no you. There's no depth to it. You know. Yeah. All right. Let's finish up. I'm sorry. We off on the juices. So <laughs> we on juice. <laughs> we. I'm on some juice. David tells them that her favorite juice is grape juice. Grapefruit juice mixed with cranberry juice, which turns out to be true. And you know what's funny is. Sam asked him the question, said, well, if you know Grace so well, what's Grace's favorite juice? And he says, well, she used to like grapefruit juice mixed with cranberry juice. And Sam turns to Grace and says, is that, or was it Hank? Maybe I'm wrong. Did Hank say, is that true, Grace? I think. I'm going to give it to Hank. Hank. I think Hank did say it. I'm going to give it to Hank. I'm going to say it's Hank and not Sam. I, I want it to be Sam, but I think it was, I think it was Hank. Um, I'm going to go back and check that though. Cause I'm really interested. Cause I remember thinking, did Sam not know what the, fa her favorite juice was after asking this question? But, um, anyway, juice, we go, let's get past this juice. I got to get over this juice hump. <laughs> You're just going to get trapped in. It's like a vortex. You just can't help. <laughs> I'm stuck in a juice loop. I'm stuck in a juice loop. Oh, so then the fa a fax comes through at the BNB because Sam told the FBI to fax, send the fax to the BNB. Whatever. Um, so the FBI, so the FBI sends a fax and it is the background check on David and everything comes up clean. His story is true that he's a photographer, very well known for twenty years. Yeah, traveled around the world, and he has no priors and he's clean. He's good. He's good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, then David keeps saying he's just there for grace. Why did I write this? I'm so sorry. Okay. 
So everything about David seems to be true. And then David it, it says to Sam, because Sam's like, Sam still doesn't believe it. He's like, I don't, I'm still not buying it. You're a con artist. What do you want? Why are you here? And David just keeps saying, I'm here for grace. I'm here for grace. And he says to Sam, you can't run from the truth. You're a cop. You should know that. Hilarious. That was so good. Like, it was so unintentionally funny. I loved it. Hilarious. Um, and it is at this point where Sam takes Grace to the construction site of their new house. And he says, this is our truth. This is the truth. Our life, what we've built, our home. We're building our home together again. Everything for the last 20, 20 years is the truth. And Grace says she's so confused. And this is where you were like, why is she so confused? I loved your reaction to this. Because you were like, I see an issue. Like it was such a non-issue. Just kick him out. I agree. I agree. I felt the same way. It's such a non-issue. <laughs> and they hadn't talked about God and everything yet. So you really didn't understand why. And you were just so confused. And this is where you were like, what? Because <laughs> she says, uh. <laughs> she says, um, she doesn't want to have a life without Sam, but what if i'm married in the eyes of god and you were like oh my god oh my are you are you serious i was like this again it's <laughs> it was so annoying this old chestnut um, sam then insists that david is a fraud and he says you you know what you just need to ignore david let's just ignore him and grace says i can't do that which i get like how the fuck are you gonna just ignore a whole ass ex-husband or like you know yeah. I mean? you're not gonna be able to ignore him if he sticks around hell he kidnapped grace he's not gonna let you ignore him mm -mm. This he's not gonna let you ignore him um so she says she can't ignore him Meanwhile, Hank talks to David and y'all, I'm about to say something nice about Hank. Y'all ready for this? I am so I am so proud of what Hank had to say. I really am. He was he said something. He said some really smart, really in insightful things to David. He says, you know, if you really loved Grace, then you would leave her alone. You got here, you see that she's happy. Don't you see that you you being here is just causing her more pain she has a family she has a life a life that she's built over 20 years you are not a part of that and you being here is just causing her more pain is that what you want snaps from my guy hank yeah he snaps was so my good guy hank he it was, was so perfect good. it was perfect what he, he said really was came perfect through. he really did somebody had to grow a brain cell in these somebody movies. had to somebody somebody had to say some something that made some sense damn <laughs> um and it's at this point that david starts to consider maybe i should leave he says you know i never wanted to hurt grace i never considered that she would be happy <laughs> how could she possibly be happy without me <laughs> it's so crazy also the fact that he feels so entitled to everything like he's like it's my right to uh, talk to Grace or to hear about Grace or whatever. Like, it's not your right to do anything. You have the right to walk out of here forever. Bye. Absolutely. You're right. He is very entitled. She's my wife. He is extremely entitled. Sam is too, but it, but in Sam's defense, Grace is legitimately his wife and has been for the last 20 years and he's never heard of this man and Grace doesn't remember him at all. Yeah. So, but David is definitely overstepping, talking about that's my wife and I have every right to talk to my wife. It's like, no, no, you don't. I've no, laid don't. claim over her. Yeah. Um, so then David decides, you know what, 
it does seem like Grace is happy here. I never considered that she would be married, that she would be happy without me. And he decides he is going to leave. He says, I'm going to leave Harmony for good, and I'm not going to come back. Um, At this point, Sam and Grace come back and ask Hank, where is David? And Hank's excited because Hank did a good thing, and he's so proud of himself. And he's like, he's like listen, guys. <laughs> David's leaving. I talked to him and he's going to leave. And Sam's excited about this. Hank and Sam like start to kind of talk and Grace slips away up the stairs to go talk mm, to, mm, mm, mm. to go talk to this man, David. And um, she comes in, sees him packing and says, so you're leaving? And he says, yeah, um, I don't want to cause you any more pain. Um, and I never considered that you would be happy and have a life here. And then she apologizes to him saying that she's sorry that, you know, that she doesn't remember him, I guess. I don't know what she was really apologizing for. Yeah. Um, how was that your fault? You had amnesia. And he says, I, you know, I came back because I thought that when I, I, he says, I thought when I saw you again, we would have this amazing reunion and like start all over and it would be incredible and our love would bloom. And he says, I see that you have a wonderful life and that you're happy and I love you too much to take that away from you. And then Sam comes in to the room and he's like, Grace, what are you doing here? <laughs> Why'd you come up here to talk to David? Um, Sam comes in and David tells him he, they were just saying goodbye and that he's leaving Harmony and he's not coming back. And as David is walking out the door, Sam's, I'm not Jesus Christ. And as David is walking out the door, Grace has her back to the door and she's like crying, crying, real tears, starting to like hyperventilate. And she, she yells, David, don't go. I want you to stay. Uh, why? Why? You know what? Here's my thing about this. Part of me understands why she would want David to stay. She does not remember the first 20 years of her life. So this man is a link to possibly getting those memories back. I, That's like, true. I get that. I really get that. But it, they're, the way they're playing it and the way great, what Grace's major concern is, is why I'm bothered with her telling him to stay. Because her major concern is that she's worried she's going to lose her family and lose everything that she's, this this life she's built because she's actually married to this man, which tells me that she feels like she has to explore a relationship, a romantic relationship with this man because they were married in the eyes of God or married before God, before she ever met her current husband. Um, and I take issue with that. I take issue with her wanting to like explore this relationship for whatever. Like, where is your loyalty? Where the fuck is yeah. your loyalty? To your husband of 20 years. This like man just, to, to the father of your children. This man just showed up out of absolutely nowhere. And I, again, I did the math on this last time. Grace and Sam have been married for over 20 years. Again, they never give us like specific dates and numbers. So you just have to kind of guesstimate. But Grace and Sam have been married for over 20 years. That means, and great, I would say that Grace and Sam are in their 40s, maybe, maybe 40, maybe 41, 42. Like they're in their early 40s. That means that... 
And they talk about her not remembering the first 20 years of her life. So if we say she doesn't remember the first 20 years of her life, that means she met Sam when she was 20, right? That means that she could not have been married to that man for very long. Yeah. Right? Because she would have had time. She would have had needed time to, like, be a child, grow up, you know? And then maybe in the ad- later into adolescence, I could see her meeting him and getting married to him. So what is that? Like, it may be. They may have been married for two years. Yeah. Maybe. Not, it, they might have known each other for... They maybe knew each other for four years. Maybe. And that's a big maybe. Because he says he just, like, randomly saw her in a cafe one day. So that means that they were probably basically grown by that point. Yeah. I just... It, they just have... There's... There's no equivalency across. There's no symmetry there. And Sam is the father of your three kids. children, the man you've spent the every day with for the last over 20 years, and this man is a man you don't remember, and that at the most, at the absolute maximum, you spent four or five years with. Max. I don't, I don't see a reason to pursue him or at, at all. all. I, I, if it, if I, the only way I could see this making sense is if Grace told him, I don't want to be married to you. I want to be married to Sam, but I would love to get to know you and for you to help me learn more about myself. What do you know? Yeah. Like share your memories with me and maybe it'll help me regain some of my memories. And that's a good deal for David too, because then he can get kind of get Sam off his back. I feel like, and if, if, he does trigger Grace's memory. It, there is a chance they will get back together because maybe she, if all those things start flowing back, she might be like, oh my God, I did love this man. And it was like an incredible love, you know? Yeah. And exactly. That would be such a, that would be like, like a much better angle. Cause I think I said something about that. I was like, if they wanted to play it this way, then they should have, like, I don't know, given Grace some kind of like fleeting feeling or memory of like her you know loving him or whatever like sparking that if they wanted to do this stupid plot you know i agree but and so i could see that the um her getting to know her past not past life (laughs) she's not the avatar (laughs) 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 the first 20 years of her life and like through that she starts to like remember and kind of rekindle that those feelings that she had and that sparks like some drama i feel like that'd be good tv me too they don't do that they don't mean i don't know maybe they do they decided to go with the God angle. They went with the God angle. Which is the and most it's, boring angle. It's really the most boring angle. But I guess you you kind of also have to remember who this was written for. Like, this is written for, like, stay-at-home moms, I guess. Like, in the early 2000s. Boomers. You know, boomers in silent generation who, I don't know. I don't know. I feel, no, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like everybody probably feels the same way about this. I was about it to say, would any anybody sense. be? Would anybody find that entertaining? Is I feel that- like we. I feel like there's a segment of people who can actually who can see where Grace is coming from with the God angle, with the like we were married, and also they're Catholic. That's a whole other. They talk about that too. They're Catholic, and Catholics don't believe in divorce. Like that's a whole other thing. Oh, yeah. And- okay. See, that kind of like illuminates some stuff for me because. I thought they were just, you know, regular, regular Christians. I thought they were just regular, but uh, them being Catholic kind of like brings in. It I see why layer. she's more distraught about it because of yeah. like 
you know, you don't believe in divorce and you were married to somebody else, then like I can see how. But she can get the, she can absolutely get this annulled. She could absolutely oh, yeah. get the marriage marriage to David annulled. And annulment is different than the than divorce. Annulment is like this marriage never happened, right? Yeah. So anyway. because I mean, if you don't even remember it, it might as well have never happened. At least for you. 100%. And this well, David guy is going to have to get on with his life. Get on with you. You've been, what have you been doing for the last 20 years? That's my thing. He's been searching. How for the her. hell you didn't, she's been, she, he knew she went to Boston. Boston is less than 100 miles from Harmony. She's been less than 100 miles from, from wherever you, she got lost in the first place for 20 years. You didn't figure it out. You didn't manage to find her at all. Like, what me I, again i said this before when he first showed up where is the missing persons report did you report her missing to the police ever i guess the report also got blown up on the boat no no the report would be in a police station somewhere in a da database somewhere but anyway that's it that's the show today we're gonna say goodbye um remember you know if you want to join the patreon or y'all i think i'm gonna get rid of the website i'm I'm running out of money and um, does, I don't think anybody uses it. I don't think anybody uses it. I need to find a new home for the merch, but I think I might get rid of the website. Um, but yeah, check me out. Links are in the description. If you want to follow Naya, she's at Coke B, right? You want to yeah, tell the folks? The underscore. Say it. Oh, K-O-K-E-B-I-I -I underscore. Cool. If you want to see some cool art on um instagram or twitter correct yes all right well that's it that's all she wrote and with that you are my passion for life